following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. National Football League Week 15 edition with my reconstituted Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, the batter, Steve Fezzik. To my left, the bookmaker, making his return, Matty Holt. I'm R.J. Bell. Guys... You can never wonder after this pod, my dedication to you, to the dream preview. I am, let's say, flu-like symptoms, symptoms, doubtful, but I'm here. Luckily, we got the whole round table. I'm going to be sitting back and letting them provide most of the good info today. You know, there is a minority on Twitter. I'd say a crazy, insane unreliable minority. It says less RJ, more pros and bookmakers. So you're going to get your wish that tiny little minuscule minority today. But all that said, there's two crossfires. I'm going once against Fez and once against Maddie. And I'm going to save my energy for that, but we've got all the good stuff. Triple likes a double like on a total three best bets, uh, a crossfire on quarterback value, but we're going to start with our public pounder. Well, we also have a power ratings disagreement with Colin Cowherd. A lot of good stuff, but let's go with the public pounder. And by the way, guys, we're going to do the Saturday games last. So if you're listening Sunday morning, just listen straight on through. And then obviously you can stop if you'd like for the last two games. We got Bengals, we got Vikings, and we've got the Vikings at home favored by 11 86% of the tickets so far on the Vikings and Fez lean or like lean to the Vikings. Number one handicap. I get a premium team, the Minnesota Vikings. I got them number two in the NFL right now in my ratings off of a loss and off of a very forgivable loss. They played at Carolina. Carolina needed the game like blood. They were tied very late. Carolina basically won the coin flip and, and won the game and they're playing a Cincinnati Bengal team that has long since had their dreams crushed. Very, very long injury list for the Bengals. I won't go through all of it. Suffice it to say half the team is out. The Vikings are going to crush them in a place where they have quite a big of a home field advantage. I would say that Cincinnati performance last week, one of the five worst of the season. What did you see watching watching the game? Not a fluke at all. They just got crushed. If you watched that game, you would have sworn that they were playing the New England Patriots if they had changed the uniforms around. The performance by the Bears was absolutely dominant, and the Bengals just looked like they were completely out of gas after they got beat up the week before by the Steelers. Now, looking ahead to the Bears handicap we have upcoming – do we discount a little bit how good they look because since he was so unmotivated? I think you got to discount a little bit, but uh, we'll talk about that later. But Trubisky, they finally opened it up where they let the kid throw and he looked good. All right. So Fez with a lean Minnesota. Last question. We're going to go to Maddie. When it comes to favorites in the double digits, it's almost dog or pass for you. And this is an important lesson. We, I always ask you this question. And the answer is usually two or three. How many double-digit favorites do you play a year in the NFL? Two or three? Two. Two. So I think one of those 
don't try this at home kind of things is if you just say dog or pass with double digits, most listeners are going to benefit from that. So when I hear you leaning towards the double digit favor, it's pretty much you saying pass the dog. Yeah. What it it means is I think they're going to kill them, but I've learned that when I think a team's going to kill them, you know what? Sometimes you kill them and you still only win by 10 because you go up 17 and in comes the backdoor score. Matty Holt, leaner like. I'm going to lean toward the underdog here and take the points. And despite the fact that, that Cincinnati's sort of falling apart right before our eyes. They're still number seven in the NFL this year in yards per play allowed this season, only allowing five. So d- defensively. Defensively. Opponents yards per play allowed uh, only 5.0 for Cincinnati. And their last three games, they're actually moving up the yards per play offensive chart uh, with 5.5 yards per play the last three games. I know they have a ton of injuries, but the offense actually seems a little better. Andy Dalton seems a little more. Uh, comfortable in the pocket there. The offensive line's actually been performing slightly better. It's a ton of points. I'm not sold that the Minnesota's going to run it up here with the schedule they have left. And and I'm kind of that double-digit uh, dog or pass guy normally, too. So for me, it's a slight lean towards the Cincinnati. Now, you have perspective behind the counter that is rare. Not only is it a Las Vegas book, but a Las Vegas book that's willing to take big bets throughout your many, many years at CG are there any, what percentage of respected batters, batters that if they bet, you're going to consider it, booking faces, play more than a handful of double-digit favorites? That they, and again, you don't always know if they're going to middle it back or playing games, but is Fez in the, in the majority where it's only a handful a year? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what we do see uh, from some really sharp betters is they'll lay big favorites in college football where we'll see them lay 20, 24, 27. But in NFL, it's really rare. We, you know, the sharpest guys lay a handful or less per season. Agreed. Now, is there anyone, is there like just this one guy that wins, 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 but he has such a good feel for big favorites, he'll like lay a bunch of them? Well, we did have a guy that went undefeated for three years laying big favorite money lines, hand-picking those. And, um, of course, you know, it's the kind of the bridge jumper thing, you know, risking a real lot to win a little. He did go undefeated for three years. Two years later, went broke. <laughs> That's a, as, <laughs> as the poker players say, going all in works until it doesn't. <laughs> and then you're done. All right. You know, we, we got a lot of power rating disagreements with DVOA respected sabermetrics measure. We're not going to leave with those, but I, I, I do want to um, make a, point to point those out and just get Fez's take on it. One of them is this Vikings team. You've got them right now tied for second, only behind the Patriots, the Vikings. And if you look at DVOA number seven, we talked about this a little last week is Minnesota has actually got a really good record in close games. And, and when you win a lot of close games, I think maybe we're missing out because Minnesota is such a good team. It's like, well, of course they're supposed to win close games, but is it the chicken and the egg? You feel pretty good, and then I'm going to get Maddie's opinion about two. I mean, literally, they're the second best team. I think they are. They um, they they finally lost a close game last week to impact their stellar record down to ten and three. You know, great. What was deep. the final last week? It was thirty one twenty four twenty four all with two minutes to play. Okay, so the I mean the Vikings have a plus point seven yards per play differential, so that's pretty much puts them on par with all the premium teams in the NFL. They're all just under one yard per play or plus one yard per play. But that's the thing. If, if we're just going by yards per play, then they're right there with the other 
good teams, what sets them above? I think that the wide receiver improvement. They got the two wide receivers, Thielen and Diggs. Diggs was out for several games this year, and Thielen just keeps getting better game after game. He's their number one wide receiver. These guys were not playing at the level they're playing now early in the year. Where would you have the Vikings, Manny? I think they're probably, for me, around six or seven. Um, And the one thing I disagree with Fez, and this is, and I'm not saying I disagree, you know, entirely here. Sure, they should be in the top six. But one of the problems is when a team is playing this well down the stretch, they get too much public support. And people don't realize that this Minnesota team statistically is actually regressed very slightly back to what their preseason expectations were. Look at Minnesota's defense all year, you know, number three in the entire NFL yards per play for the entire season, but the last three weeks, 5.4 yards per play allowed, certainly not in the upper half of the NFL. Offensive yards per play, Minnesota 10th with 5.5 allowed on the season, last three games, 5.2 yards per play. So Minnesota's stats the last month haven't really looked like a number two team. You know, that's interesting. It's going to be a reoccurring theme, which is in a short 16 game regular season, if you're using stats, you want all 16 games, right? Or if you're, you know, 14 games in, you're 13 games in, you want all of them. But there are trend lines, right? And we'll be talking about that. I think Kansas City and Dallas are two examples where you can't look at the full season. Fez has a rebuttal. The reason for the trend line is the last four teams they played were the Rams at Detroit, at Atlanta. So at Detroit, so now your yards per play on offense go down when you play at Detroit. Again, <laughs> Rams at Detroit, at Atlanta, at Carolina. That's as tough a four game stretch as any team has had to play the last four games in the NFL. No, I, yeah, that is a tough stretch. All right. So recapping, lean Minnesota for Fez, lean on the dog for Maddie Holt. I'll be given just my strong plays this week because we've got our two pros versus Joe's time. Game two, Packers. Panthers, Panthers favored by two and a half. The public is on Carolina, the home team, and the Sharps are on Green Bay. Let's start, go around the horn, start with Maddie. What is Aaron Rodgers' value with two factors? We know it was about 10 points is based on how Hunley's played and based upon Rodgers potentially not being 100%. What kind of adjustment do you make? I think the value now is about six and a half from 10. Wow. Yeah. I think from 10 down to about six and a half and and mostly because of Hundley's adjusted play. Let's face it. When Aaron Rodgers went out, people thought the sky was falling. Oh my God, this green Bay Packers team, how will they ever win a game again until he comes back? And what we saw is what we expect to see out of a young quarterback struggles at first, tailor the offense to his strengths and they got better. Fast. Seven points. And I actually think Rodgers might be more close to 100% than we think. There's a lot of reports that they put him on IR for too long, that he could have come back even earlier. But I agree with Maddie about Hunley's improvement. I'm a little worried about Green Bay playing back to back overtime games, how much energy they got left. But they should be sky high. And I got to tell you, if it's late in a poker tournament, I got Ace King and I don't have many chips left. I'm going to shove all in with Ace King. If I got Aaron Rodgers in a must win game late in the year against a team with flaws, I'm going with Mr. Rogers and company against the flawed team. And you have a lean on green Bay. Yes. All right. So lean green Bay favored by two and a half at home. Oh, I'm sorry. Check that two and a half point dog. So let's think about this. Carolina has at least an average home field over the course of the 
season or, or over the course of many years, I guess, is the way to say. I mean, this year we can find some splits or whatever, but it's hard to say Carolina has a blow average home field. Let's give them three. And so what we're saying is the Packers are the better team, right? And and you're saying, yes, you agree with that. Fez. I do not agree with that. I actually have Carolina, the very, very slightly better team, but I feel that Aaron Rodgers factor is going to okay. trump this in the fourth so quarter. It's a pure power ratings play, but now you're saying is Rogers, the energy around him and all of that. Exactly. I, I think the power ratings call this game a pick. Look, Carolina's home call field. Call this is game only, a pick. Uh, if you, on a, uh, in terms of where the teams are, Carolina's oh, home so field only teams. about two and a half. They don't have a three plus home field. It's like I wouldn't a two say and a half, plus, but two I would say it's six. average. So it's a, yeah. So it's about even here when you take the spread into effect. Um, and I lean Carolina here. I actually think they are the better team. They have the better defense. Look, fifteenth uh, in the defense uh, yards per play allowed to twenty third in yards per play for the Green Bay Packers this year. And, and when you go back, there's been an interesting stat line to um, a correlation. I mean, between how well Carolina has played and the health of both their running backs when McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart are both playing at a hundred percent when one or both was banged up. They certainly struggled. You don't want to put too much pressure on cam. And remember that stretch where cam was the leading rusher on the team for all those games in a row. Now, Jonathan Stewart and, and and McCaffrey both back to a hundred percent. I like the grounded pound game of Carolina here. I'd have to lean Panthers. Okay. So as we said, the pros are on, Caroline or check that. <laughs> this is like RJ being 70, right? Is that what's the podcast going to be like in 23 years? Well, this, you're going to get a little sample with the flu here, a little slower. Uh, Sharps, two times more money on Green Bay. So smart money, Green Bay, public money, Carolina. So far, we're taping on Wednesday evening. And we got leans only here, Fez leaning Green Bay and Maddie leaning Carolina. Okay. You know, one last thing about this game. I was looking at your power ratings, Fez, and just go up to pregame.com, click in the forms. You can see his power ratings up every Wednesday, 1 to 32. I tweet those out to at RJ in Vegas. Is you actually have 10 teams ahead of Green Bay with Rodgers back. So when Rodgers got hurt, if I remember, there was only three or four teams ahead of Green Bay. So is this about Rodgers, the question marks of how good he is, or you've reconsidered how good the rest of the team is. Green Bay was a four points better than average team when Rodgers got hurt. Now I have them two and a half points better than average team. So really a point of that is that Rodgers won't be a hundred percent and maybe a half point downgrade because their defense has been slightly worse than maybe what I expected without him. And some of the teams that were behind him then have played have certainly outperformed their rating then to be better now. Well, good stuff, guys. Good stuff so far. All right. Uh-oh. Crossfire. I got to drink a little Coke Zero here. One second. You know, sometimes when RJ asks a question, you feel a little bit like your wife's asking you a question, and there's one answer <laughs> that she wants. The, uh, and then you give an answer, and she nods, and you're like, I got the answer no, that no, no. she wants. Want, I just want an answer that makes sense. You're right. I do want something. I want an answer I can agree with, right? And even if I don't agree, I want to hear the law. Because to me, and this is the feedback we get all the time, it's the way that you guys think, and probably in the NFL, me a little, is the way we think about this stuff. and. That, to me, is what I find fascinating talking to you guys, the bookie and the batter. All right. Crossfire. Cowboys. Raiders. I'm going against Matty Holt, and I'm not. You've been gone a couple weeks with, oh, I'm the vice president. I've got, you know, I've got to do this. I, yeah, whatever. What, 
Uh, one week on the dream preview gives you more exposure than that than than uh, a year. So, but that's okay. We we still no. Maddie, all joking aside, Maddie could not help it, and and just to let you guys know, he really was trying his very hardest not to miss. We were given Fez. You you probably missed it, Maddie. Is Fez missed last week's college football uh, preview because he had a little cold. He was going like on the phone. He called me and stuff, and he went. <coughs> <laughs> like you know how that yeah you when know, people like, when call kids, in sick yeah. like when your kids don't want to go to yeah. school but we know you tried your very hardest so nothing nothing but as they say peace and love peace and love cowboys three minus 120 at the raiders i'm gonna let you go first on this one you actually like Oakland. So I know that there's the, uh, you know, the stats that all back up that when Sean Lee plays, oh my God, the Dallas Cowboys are the most amazing team in the history of football. I appreciate you making my point. And then when they can't, they can't do anything, but that's not the only hole here in the Dallas Cowboys defense, which is absolutely atrocious. 5.6 yards per play allowed last three uh, games for the Dallas Cowboys. They've been struggling. How many games did Sean Lee play? I understand, but he came back last week. But you, how did he do last week? But they have other issues as well on this team, and they played the New York Giants. But you know who's not struggling on defense? Which was a home run spot for the Giants. And the, the Oakland guys Raiders. The heck out of the Giants, didn't they? The Oakland Raiders right now four point seven yards per play allowed last three games, and that includes playing the Kansas City Chiefs last week. This defense is playing a lot better than people understand. Look, Marshawn Lynch was never the the answer in the backfield, and that's been a problem all year. But if this offensive line can give Carr time and he gets some play out of his receivers and they don't drop the ball, I'm not sold that the Dallas Cowboys have fixed their problems. This Oakland defense is actually playing a lot better statistically. I'm definitely taking the three points at home. All right, well, I appreciate again you making my case about Sean Lee. And look at a division that's this wide open. They still are only one game out. This is a must-win situation at home for the Oakland Raiders catching a field goal against a bad Cowboys team. All right, my turn. Now, here, <laughs> here's what I'll say. One, I really enjoy hearing from the media guys. One, I love the media guys that were former personnel guys like a Mike Lombardi. I also love the media guys, quite frankly, that got good contacts when it comes to team morale. What I'm hearing is there's some real issues in those Raiders locker room, the Raiders locker room. I'm assuming you guys have heard the same thing, right? Faz, you're not on radio. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> are we on the radio? Yeah. The, um, the problem with the Raiders, I think, is that they don't have much of a home field. Also, well, Hold on. I'm not asking for your handicap. I'm in yep. the middle of my cross. I'm asking you to affirm there's that major problems in the locker room. And it started week three. Remember when um, Carr did not we complained about his offensive line kneeling. And the, the O-line basically boxed For the him. anthem. Yes, for the anthem week three. So there's been problems in that locker room all year long. I agree. So Maddie's whole point is what Faz, the only two-time Super Contest champion, is saying is that your point about them being motivated, it's just wrong. Right? Is that fair, Faz? They're not motivated. Well, they might be trying. They're just so discombobulated from all the the, the the raucousness and ruckus in the locker room. And Maddie said it's a must-win game for Oakland. I'd argue, well, it was a must-win game last week, and they did had a no-show in that game. And I'm not saying they're completely going to not play hard. I'm just saying it's this team motivate, or at least they're, they're, the, the fever pitch of their performance on the Raiders, I think, is a question mark. With Dallas, it's not. They feel like, though maybe they don't mathematically, 
control their own destiny. They feel if they win out, they have a heck of a chance. They get Zeke back next week, so there's that look ahead, which I don't think his absence is a huge deal, quite frankly, and I think we've seen that. I mean, it'd be an upgrade for sure, but I think you're almost like Green Bay last week. If we can just win one more, Zeke's coming back. I tell you, Dallas on the road hasn't been bad for years, you know, relatively. But to me, it's all about Sean Lee. This will be my last point on the game is sometimes there's that one guy that makes such a big difference. And I think if you look at the season stats, you're just not getting the whole story. And I let's be candid. They look mighty good. And we were actually down the Cosmo together against the Skins. And they looked mighty good last week. And true or false, the Giants got bet really heavy last week. The Giants did, but Washington gave the game away with turnovers. No, no, I. But again, that's why it was such a blow. And the three weeks before that, Dallas looked like the worst team in the NFL without Sean Lee. So I, I agree. But Dallas looked really good last week, and I think they've got the momentum. I think the Raiders are going the other way. I like the Cowboys. All right, so Fez, I, I want to get your handicap here, and we'll get the sharp money maybe to give us a little decider. Um. Let me say this, though, Fez, before we start. Let's look at your power ratings. I really disagree with you on Dallas. So, obviously, I'm pro-Cowboys right now. So, let's be clear, because this is relative to college football. When we look at, like, say, the playoff committee. The playoff committee is not picking the four best teams, in theory. They're picking the four best seasons. It's about performance, not how good you are right this moment. But your power ratings are saying how good are you right this moment, right? So, for example, you've got the Jets as tied for the worst team in the league, because they lost McCown, right? So right now, you've got Dallas number 13, only one point better than an average team. So you're saying they're about as good as the Ravens, about as good as the Chiefs, and you've got them only one point better than the Lions. Dallas and Detroit on a neutral, and give me Dallas minus one, I might be moving in your house. Fair enough. Oh, okay, so you've conceded. But I, no, because if I'm going to move them up, look at the team directly above them, Seattle and the well, next Seattle's team, two Green and Bay. A half. Seattle's two and a half. I'm not saying upgrade them a point and a half. I'm saying Dallas maybe gets upgraded by a half point or a point. Absolutely. We'll keep them 13th, but we'll move them up from one to one and a half or two. Woo! I'm fine with that. And a, a big part of this, RJ, Woo! I looked Woo! at the schedule here. <laughs> Maddie brought up some defensive deficiencies, and they had a terrible patch without Sean So what Lee. is your leaner like on this? I lean to Dallas, and two reasons. I Oakland, I've got having a two for a home field. I think you're right field. about that, by the way. I think the two's too high, guys. I mean, look, where it's the, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. They're having a bad year. I don't think there's going to be much crowd support. And if you look at Dallas, they had to play at Atlanta, Philly, and the Chargers. Of course, their defense looked terrible. Those are three very good offenses. All right. Well, listen, let's let the smart money decide. So we've got the smart money report. A lot of people think Matty Hope provides the smart money report. RJ, you might be in trouble. Public and Sharps. So both the public and the Sharps, three times more money wagered on Dallas. Dallas. So I get the crossfire victory. And Matty, you get... No You want to you want to back you want to just back off and say you're right RJ Dallas was the right side there? No, I think Oakland's the right side this week. So Fez is against you, I'm against you, the Sharps are against you. That's okay. 
<laughs> Next game. Oh, I'm, I'm having more fun than I thought. <laughs> now it's a crossfire between Maddie and Fez, but it's on a game without even a line yet. But when we were prepping for the show, the disagreement on this. All right. So it's Dolphins Bills. The question is, how much is Taylor worth? Maddie has the shocker. So, Fez, I'm going to start with you. Low crossfire music. How much do you think Taylor's worth? And don't make your case. Let's do it this way. Tell the number, and you got 20 seconds. Then you'll tell your number, Maddie, 20. Then I want a lot of crosstalk, because I think this is going to be interesting. Taylor is worth five and a half points against Peterman. Where did I get that five and a half? I'll tell you where I got it. I took the five interceptions Peterman threw in his first start in the first half, and I added half a point to it. I think it's two and a half points because we're talking about two and a half, two and a half. We're talking about a quarterback who averages less than 200 yards a game passing in a passing league. Um, And his whole theory of I don't turn the ball over hasn't got him anything. The Bills offense uh, with Taylor as quarterback is is one of the worst offenses in the entire NFL. So you bring in Nathan Peterman, obviously had one terrible half where he threw five interceptions, but he didn't throw an interception last week and they won the football game. Uh, Granted, it was in a blizzard, obviously, uh, but I, I just can't imagine someone with less than 200 yards a game passing suddenly being worth five and a half more points than his backup, especially since he got benched for that backup already this year. He got benched because of contract uh, liabilities and the, and the organization was looking towards the future of unloading a contract, not because they felt Peterman was better. Plus the locker room hates Peterman. And there's the argument. They're not even trying. I'm glad you brought up that game against Indianapolis that, that um, Peterman started uh, 60 minutes against that Indianapolis defense. I know it was a blizzard seven points. Last time I checked they're in overtime. And I think I saw Joe Webb in there handing the ball off to get the winning touchdown. Not Peterman. He was in the medical tent, right? Uh, so we're we're because he's hurt. We're we're saying he's not good. He scored seven points against the Indianapolis. So you're saying there was three feet of snow. So that's your point because it was a blizzard. He led them to seven points, and you thought that was a you, you don't think Taylor could have gotten him thirteen. I don't. I don't think the score. I, really fast, I think you've there. got the right side here, but I don't think you're making. Over a good under point. was thirty six. RJ and Buffalo well, was favored. They should have been able to get twenty points because the the weather report for the game was cold and light flurries, not torrential blizzard, four feet of snow. Well, let's be clear, and I, and I do think this is an important point. And Maddie, I like to get your thoughts on this. I think there's a time. I think there's two times in the NFL that you can't properly account with points. One is when the wet, I think this happens about 15 times a decade. The weather is so bad, the real total should be like 19. Like if this game were, if that game last week were starting in five minutes and we were going to put numbers on it to bet amongst ourselves, but real money, what number? Now, obviously we saw the, the way the game is played, but it's, it would be replayed now. I, I would put like 19 as the total. What I would think it would probably be like 20 and a half or 21 and a half. 26. And the reason being, for everyone who says I'm crazy, everyone saw that first half with the eight inches of snow. The second half total was 14. Thir- yeah, 13 and a half closed that second yeah, half. Yeah, 13. Oh, so you're saying yeah. it was 14. It was it was 14, got bet down to like under 14, lay a dollar 25. Yeah. No, that's good. But but even so, it was like eight points. Like they're never going to put a total of 28 up, right? So I guess, and I think the other example in the NFL is when a team's given up. Like if you know for sure a team's not playing hard, 
what should they be getting? 27 and a half because you see them get crushed. So to me, I think occasionally you can't really quantify in a way the market's going to accept. What would have happened? Now, obviously, you would have got all over action because everyone else was somewhere else. But if you knew that it was going to be that bad the weather before and everyone in the world came out with a 26 or 27, that I mean, do what, what do people bet? Boy, it's tough. <laughs> well, I the fact know. it's tough means it's probably a good number, yeah. right? All right. So, Matt, I don't get this. So, so you really, I think what you're saying with the whole two and a half, you're not even saying Peterman's better than we think. Do we even think Tyrod Taylor's average as a quarterback? No. Because if he's not no. average, then you're talking a guy who's already below average is five and a half points better than his backup. So, so I would agree with this. This is an interesting way to think about it. Let's take just the random 16th best quarterback in the NFL, and let's say take the 16th best backup on the same team. My sense is that's about a field goal. We agree with that? Sure. An Close. average backup, an average starter. I think it's more. It's more. I do. Huh. All right. Well, let's think of it another way. So let's agree. I think Taylor's probably... Tw- uh, between 20 and 24 in the league. You agree with that? Because he doesn't turn 20 the ball could over. even be high. All right. So you're closer to 24. Yeah. Where, where do you have him? 19. You'd be hard pressed to list 20 quarterbacks you'd rather have. Well, let's not try and I'm asking. Out <laughs> yeah, of I understand. But, but I do think the question with him is, is the lack of turnover something he's doing really well? Or is it luck? Because if it's uh, luck. Look, I thought he was doing that well. And, you know, Steve and I have that bet. And I could tell you that since we made it in the games he started, I was losing that bet. So the whole idea that he doesn't turn oh, the ball so over. That's your disdain. I mean, I've thing. watched Taylor. Look, yeah. he turned the ball over. You know, they turned the ball over multiple times against the Jets. He's throwing interceptions this year. Um, look, Tyrod Taylor's not terrible, but either is Nathan Peter. I mean, you could, if you're. <laughs> that, well, see, that's now we got to segue to that. We can have it, a conversation about who, who should be the second and third spin quarterback. I'll make the case Joe Webb is clearly better than Nathan Peterman. Then why would they start Peterman now? Because they want to see what they have. And again, we don't, as of Wednesday, I'm hearing Taylor's going to start. So, and again, how much of this, I would lean not necessarily towards Maddie, but more towards Maddie if we're accounting for the fact that Taylor is hobbled. And he's already so far down that there's not, there would not be a, there would never be a true five and a half point gap like, if you said, hey, make me a line, you have to put it up if Taylor's in. Make me a line, you have to hang it and let people bet. Not just some fictional for fun line. You have to let people bet that line. If Peterman starts, it's not a five-and-a-half-point gap this week in this game. I'll, I'll concede that if Taylor's going to play and only be 70% five-and-a-half too high. All right, so I think this is good. I think it's somewhere around, well, here, here's the last question. Are we making a true line or are we making a bookmaking line? A bookmaking line right. that people can bet. I don't like true lines. Okay. I like the well, idea of make a line well, that someone you're, can you're take a, a bet. You're a bookie, yeah. right? And and I don't mind. Listen, I don't I mind. I like fun take, lines. Will you tell, let me bet it? If Fez doesn't mind making a true line and taking a bet because he's willing to take risk at 10 sure. to win 11, right? But bookies want to split. If we're trying to split the action, I think it's closer to five or five and a half because people – Saw Peterman there. Who's batting him, right? But I think if it's we're trying to split the true result, I think it's closer to three and a half or four. I think it's in the middle with you guys. All right, interesting, good debate. All right, second. I should have rested during that, but I didn't. Second crossfire. This time I'm going against Faz. 
No big deal. Ramp the music back up. We got the Rams. We got the Seahawks. Seahawks at home, favored by two. Faz, I'm going to let you go first because I'm the favorite here. Who do you like? I like the Rams. Um, RJ, you've got the Football Outsiders rankings. Where do they have the Rams ranked in their ratings? <laughs> so finally, Fez, who disagrees with them, like on 20 different numbers here, it seems, they've got the Rams number one. Interesting. Very good. And I don't have them number one, but I, I do have them a good two points better than Seattle. And I'm going to go back to one game to illustrate why I like the Rams catching the points here. Seattle just a few weeks ago was hosting the Atlanta Falcons. The money poured in on the Falcons and the Falcons wound up laying one. It was a close game, but Atlanta got it done. They won the game. What has happened since? Well, one thing, the Rams have been better than the Falcons all year long. And I don't think many people debate that people feel that the Rams are the better team Two, I think that Seattle's the Legion of boom has been injured all year long. And now their linebacker, Bobby Wagner has a hamstring injury. All reports this is interesting. are that he's this critical. Is his, this is his only saving possible grace. I'm going to debunk it pretty easily, but remember he slipped that in at the end because nothing else he's saying is going to hold up. Just a little editorial note. Go ahead. Well, if you wanted to bet against Seattle, why bet Atlanta minus one when you can have the Brams, the better team catching two points? Well, I mean, Fez, this is beneath me, but I'll do it anyway. Look, we had no idea. We all saw the split. Legion of Boom, with the Legion of Boom, without the Legion of Boom. I tweeted it out. There was questions about, do they give up? We actually debated on this pod, hey, this Seattle team's used to making the Super Bowl. We, I don't think there's any chance they're going to make the Super Bowl. Do they just give up and kind of want to save themselves for next year? I mean, we had that debate here, right? Okay. How has Seattle played relative to your expectations, Fez, since that, counting the Atlanta game, from the Atlanta game on? They've exceeded expectations. All right. Why? Because their offense has been great, and they got the best quarterback in the league. Let's go back to Football Outsiders. Is they said, since they got left tackle Brown, Seattle's offensive line, which was in the bottom five most of the season of O-lines, is the eighth best O-line. Now, I haven't gotten the update since last week, right? All right. Eighth best O-lines as of a week ago in the league. So if all the, let's say that they're the 10th best O-line. If you have Russell Wilson and the 10th best O-line, now how's the defense played? Now, we got this Wagner that's the big trump card, right, which is kind of sad for you. He's your trump card. He's questionable. Maddie, questionable in the NFL means what's his likelihood to play? It really is a case by case scenario. I, I, I would say that it's about 75%. sixty. I would say it's about sixty five percent of questionable players play. Thirty five percent do not. Hmm. I've seen higher. All right, but let's go there. I, boy, I'd like to. You give me a mic. You let me lay two hundred that on all questionable players this week. Let me get back to you. <laughs> I'm not sure. I only like lines that people will take bets at. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, Fez, but go ahead. So, how how is the defense played? The defense was playing very well with Bobby Wagner. Last week, they only gave up three <laughs> points in His the first half. That's significant. It's very significant. Same as I know that's what you think. In the second half, oh, Jaguars wait, 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 put up on. 30 points said, on this team. You just said Bobby Wagner is the same, same as Sean Lee. No, I said Can it's I the same see? concept. Concept. So, do you have any stats? Yeah, last week they gave up three points in the first half and 27 without him in the second half, and he must be pretty darn injured in a key game like that if he couldn't play in the second half. Well, you sound like someone in a bar. 
You do. Like, you should have seen him in the first half. He was there. In the second half, he wasn't. And look how bad they looked. Well, and you're talking about top eight linemen. Football Outsiders has the Rams as the top five offense, top five defense, and top five Fez, special listen, teams. I can promise you I can get someone a lot cheaper than you to come in and quote Football Outsiders as if that's the end of the I've argument. I've got the better that's offense, the, the better defense, and the better special oh, well, teams on. here. I'm not, saying Rams isn't, I'm not saying Rams aren't better. I'm not sure you got the better offense, but I'm not saying Rams aren't better as a team. But what is the home field advantage in Seattle in a big game with the team motivated and the crowd motivated. 4.6. All right. So the line is two. The line is two. So they better be better. And you've got, you've got to think the line should be pick them. So you must think they're, if you actually like them, what should this line be? Boy, he's trapped now. <laughs> I would like to have gotten three. Uh, but what I, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying what should this? what is your true line? Pretty much on two here. So why do you like it? The spot, the spot's good for the Rams. Also, what's the true line with all factors considered? Pick (laughs) them, and that's what it's going to close. So you think they're four and a half points better on a neutral? The spot's better for them, also. I'm saying with all factors, they're four and a half points better in this game. game. Yes, yes. All right. Well, I'm going to let Maddie give his leaner like, and then we'll let once again the smart money decide. Go ahead, Maddie. I think I, I lean to the Rams here, and I think the one thing that is undeniable, whether you know, trying to put a value on the rest of the Legion of Boom, who's already out, some of which are Hall of Famers, as well as Bobby Wagner, is four weeks ago the Seattle's defense was number six. They're allowing 5.0 yards per play. They've allowed 5.6 yards per play the last four weeks and have dropped all the which way down. Which is probably less than, a, less than a drop than you expected. It's not... As dramatic, but they have dropped from number six, seven in defense all the way down to number 11. So why don't you read these teams off, Faz? Let let Matty finish, and then we'll get to the teams, because you like to do that. So this defense certainly is not as good as it was prior to the season, obvious for obvious reasons at this point. And I just like this Rams football team. Everyone thinks of their defense and Aaron Donald, but that offense has been top five all year. When you look at their last three games, boom, against elite teams, Philly, the Saints, the Rams still are maintaining a 5.9 and 6.0 yards per play against the lead teams. I'd have to lean Rams here, I, but I agree that it's a difficult spot to go play there. And there's a history of success of recent success of the Rams going to Seattle and winning. So starting with Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta at San Francisco before Jimmy G okay, showed up that, that. bottom tier, Philadelphia, very top of the league, <laughs> at, very top, the at, top at Jacksonville, middle of the road. Jacksonville's middle of the road. Offensively. Oh, oh come interesting. on. Come on. Okay. So we've had all the opinions. Let's let the sharp money decide is smart. I'm reading this verbatim now. Quote, unquote, smart money, heavy one-sided public action on Seattle. Okay. And two times more sharp money on Seattle. RJ gets the victory. Fez gets. Jordan against the, the Jazz. If you feel that with the flu game and this double win against the best bookmaker in town, in my opinion, and the best NFL better in town, and RJ with the flu, 
It's at RJ in Vegas. Just send me a thumbs up. Any any kind of gif, jif, I'm I'm up for it. I'm just hoping to catch plus three after <laughs> all this money rolls in. Because I think well, the Jazz we were We debated pretty, it at two. A three, I would have I think the Jazz were actually a good bet in some of those late games <laughs> against the Bulls catching three. All right. I'm, I'm going to just rest back and let you guys shine from here on. Monday Night Football, Falcons, Bucks. Falcons on the road, favored by six. And Fez, you actually like this game. I do. I like the underdog. You know, this is a carbon copy of last week. I'm not going to spend much time because what happened, it was a really bad spot for the Patriots against the Dolphins. And the Patriots had just whacked the Dolphins a few weeks earlier by 18 points, and then they lost outright. Well, what's happening with Atlanta? It's a scheduling sandwich for them. They play Minnesota. They played the Saints. Now they're playing at Tampa Bay. They go to the Dome. They're playing at New Orleans next week. They finish with Carolina. What's the one game that is not important to them? This game that they would easily overlook like New England overlooked Miami. Tampa Bay's been out of the playoffs for a good six weeks. This is their game of the year. Like it was the Dolphins under the bright lights on Monday night football. I expect an all in effort for Tampa Bay. Atlanta would love nothing else than just to get out of here with the win. And, and by the way, just like New England, Miami, Atlanta won by 14 points, blew out this team just a few weeks ago. Misleading final score, though. They're only up seven with about a minute and a half to play. I got to confess something. After Fez started, I leaned over and looked at the recorder, and it hit me. If this somehow wasn't recording, it'd be one of the five most disappointing things this year. Luckily, it's recording. Whew. All right. (laughs) Fez likes Tampa. You lean Tampa. Yeah, I was hoping to catch a touchdown here, and that's the problem is I'm not, because there's a really profitable trend for me that I've been using is that is a, when you blow out a team already on your home field this year, and then you're again a touchdown or greater favorite on their home field, uh, and that team is basically out of the running to, for playoffs at that point. Now how do you how do you have a trend like like literally it'll be like it has to go from like mathematically week, eliminated, week, not mathematically, but you know oh, you have to so start using not, it week ten or twelve okay. and on. Okay, so it's no, okay week ten to 12 or but what i'm saying is this isn't one where you could give an exact number you're just saying it's a handicapping concept yeah okay so let's go and we used it last week and it's the same exact situation new england blew out miami in the biggest point spread of the season and now you go back on the road to miami in in what's a look-ahead spot for the patriots and with pittsburgh coming up missing a key player and and you lay a dud and it's the same thing for atlanta here you're in a big look-ahead spot um you know looking ahead to next week and you're playing a team that you already blew out who has home field revenge. It's only a lean for me. Cause I wish we would have got the touchdown. Okay. So the difference strikes me is Atlanta has to win out, right? Pretty much where new England had some, if new England beats Pittsburgh, now obviously they don't have the margin they would, if they would have beat Miami, but it feels like you get a, a, a fever pitch from the Falcons here, right? Well, you can't get a fever pitch because they're in a Saints sandwich before and after. But it's a great point that New England really could afford an outright loss. Atlanta here can't, but uh, it doesn't mean they're going to be able to win by margin. So Falcons by six right now on Wednesday, like Tampa from Fez, lean Tampa from Mr. Holt. Next game, and we're moving into the actionable stuff, guys. This is a derivative bet from Fez, and those have been killing it, right, Fez? Yeah, we've been red hot with them. All right, Eagles, Giants. We got the Eagles seven and a half point favor on the road. Let's talk about that line move, right? So 
we do the odds, and Fez, we lean on you heavily in the NFL. We do the odds for the Associated Press, 750 newspapers, over 1,000 websites every day, all the sports. And we put out the first numbers really in the world, I think. Well, I guess others could put out numbers, but no sports books have numbers up the time we've got to put them out for the papers on uh, Monday, the overnights. So um, we come up with a world opener in a way, but we're not taking bets on them. So that's probably a little too grandiose. And if I remember correctly, we had the Eagles before the injury were a 10 point favorite here. Is that right? I think it may have been nine and a half. Yeah, I think it was 10. 10. Did it make 10? Yeah. All right. So the now it's only seven and a half. So hold on. Carson Wentz is worth two points. Explain. Yeah, he's worth five points. What happened is that the Giants got smashed by Dallas in the late game. So we need to put this out at uh, two o'clock Pacific time. So we got to downgrade big time the Giants for that 20 point loss and a home run spot for them. So that was a home run spot. I made the Cowboys look mighty good. I thought it really, that. it really did makes your case for why the Cowboys <laughs> are sharp money. And if you take a look at the Eagles, that win against the Rams, we got to upgrade the Eagles a point for that stellar win. And so we're basically looking at like a two and a half. in a way it's two separate transactions, right? How much is the absence of Wentz? How much for the team do we upgrade the Eagles? So we're going to upgrade that point spread of 10, we're going to up it at one point for how the Eagles winning outright against the Rams to 11. We're going to up it to 12 and a half because the Giants got massacred in the fourth quarter against Dallas. Now we're going to bring that 12 and a half down five points for Nick Foles and get to seven and a half. All right. Makes sense to me. So Matty, you thought Wentz is worth about four. All right. So we're in that range. Um, I thought four and then it was interesting. We'll get to the Jets, but McCown's worth about six. We thought, what, what, what did you, think? well, here's an interesting tidbit on, you know, what a player's worth to a game. And we always talk, every player's not worth the same amount in every game, but then what is he worth to the futures market? We immediately went from Philly to win the super bowl, five to one to Philly to win the super bowl, 12 to one and Philly to win the NFC plus two forty to Philly to win the NFC five and a half to one. But so, even a 12 to one, what there's like three teams ahead of them. The yeah. Eagles. New England, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, I yes. think, had gone to ten instead of twelve. I think 12. you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I had three in my, and I do a sharp consensus and put it out Mondays. So to me, it's interesting, right? Why with Nick Foles? Well, one, relatively, Nick Foles isn't that much of a drop off. Number two is Eagles should be able to get at least a first round buy, even if they don't do well from here. And you add up those facts, and and Foles being a mighty, you know, mighty good backup. So it makes sense that they're still in the mix. All right. So leaner like for you, and then we'll get to Fez's derivative, Maddie leaner like you uh, lean giant. I, I lean the giants, but the value is rapidly evaporating in this game. In reality, we are supposed to be catching eight and a fa- eight and a half. In fact, that's what we opened with Nick Foles known to be the starter. We opened eight and a half already down to seven and a half. And it, if it drops to seven, I feel like the value will have completely evaporated. But in this rivalry game, again, where Philadelphia already beat the Giants in a game where the Giants probably should have won that game. I'm going to go ahead and lean the Giants to come with one spirited effort against their division rival, but uh, again, rapidly deteriorating value. Now, do you, uh, And again, not joking about the Cowboys and all that, but do you agree the Giants were a home run spot last week? Uh, I didn't use them on the super contest. No, no, no I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm saying the line accounted for it. But I yeah. mean, meaning if you're, if they weren't motivated, yeah, last the spot week, itself, regardless of the line, here? I mean, a down at three, obviously you want to take the giants last week, but yes, the spot situationally was extremely beneficial for the giants. 
and they laid an egg. Completely. So well, that has a concern. They came right? out and they were up 10-3. I don't want to say they laid an egg. It's more they fell apart. They're just, as Rodney Dangerfield says, or they said to Rodney, you're just not very good, right? So he came out motivated, got a couple yeah. pars, and then uh, he... Hold on, hold on. You're talking Caddyshack? Yes. No, no, no. It's the guy who was caddying for Chevy Chase, and Chevy said, you're not, you're not... You're not good. And then <laughs> and then it was Ted Knight that said, hey, the world needs ditch diggers to the same guy. But it wasn't. Rodney had a heck of a golf game. I stand corrected. Yeah, I mean, that's very important. Okay, you can own me. <laughs> <laughs> there was no gambling of Bush words, sir. All right, derivative bet. I'm not going to owe anyone after this cash is the I, – I know Nick Foles had a home run 2013, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions since then. He's been, well, better than Peterman, but he's been an average backup quarterback. He throws about as many touchdowns as interceptions. How There's many, how many reps has he had as a backup? Very, not very many. He hasn't so, played much. So. so we're not, we can't take those stats all that seriously, can we? We cannot. But he's, So how, how's he done in the preseason? I didn't even look at his preseason. I just looked at his historic. He's been throwing like 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions when he does, but there's enough data there. To, but 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions for in the NFL. Bad. It's, but it's not an average backup. It's like maybe the twenty fourth best starter. No, you're you gotta have you gotta have more than even money. So how many touchdowns, interceptions? How many quarterbacks a year that start multiple games have uh you know worse than a break or or don't have better than a break even? It would be rare that you'd be a starting quarterback all year and you'd have more interceptions than touchdowns. Well, I'm gonna look that yeah, up. Look I that disagree up because that. that's that's when I mean, you say rare, I think there's five, four or five a year. That start yeah, that many, sounds, many games. But, but I think we saw when Foles sounds had right. the right situation around him, he did have that one successful season. And then he didn't really fit the Chip Kelly offense. And then he went to that Jeff Fisher offense. Remember how bad Jared Goff looked, how bad. I mean, every quarterback looked bad when Fisher was there in L.A. So I think we it's safe to say, if nothing else, Nick Foles is an above average backup for the backups in the NFL. Fair enough. And I do think I'm confident that what's going to happen, you've got a team that's been elite in the Eagles. They're not going to ask Nick Foles to win this game. They're favored by seven and a half points. It's human nature. Don't mess it up. They'll go ahead and grind, ground and pound. Be careful with the ball early. And on the flip side, the defense, knowing that Wentz is out, which is already fine, is going to play out of their minds. They're going to be able to shut down the Giants. So I love the game to start slow here. Go back to my bread and butter derivative. Under seven and a half first quarter, lay minus $1.55. I don't see these teams getting two scores. I have a strong opinion on this, but Maddie, I want to hear yours just on that derivative. Uh, I don't like it. I don't love it either. I don't laying it. I don't like laying a dollar fifty-five in that spot. I'll lay it all day if it's no if with it that should spot. be minus one nine. So basically, two scores, a touchdown, and a field goal is all it takes. And and a lot can happen in a game like that where you have a quarterback, Nick Foles, who even at his peak had a history of turning the football over a little bit. Eli well, Manning, for the one year. Yeah, Eli Manning with a history of turning the football over. If somebody throws a pick in this game, even if you get a quick three and out, there's a field goal, you give up that one score touchdown, you're out of here. Here's the thing. I think Philly sees that they are the clear favorites here, and I think they might want to start hot to to get the train rolling. I could see a couple play or at least one play action shot down the field early, early. Cause imagine just close your eyes and imagine first possession Eagles get the ball, get a first down play action, long touchdown. How much enthusiasm, how much does that mean to this team? The momentum feeling. And with the giants, don't they want to 
don't they want to kind of put last week behind them? And they came out fired up last week to start, and yeah. then they just gave. Up. I feel like you're. I feel like Eagles are going for the Super Bowl, and it, they need to get Foles momentum. I think they come out past. That's them. what they should be doing. They got a second year head coach. That's not what second year head coaches do. They play so you too agree. conservatively. So you agree with me? That's what they should do. Yes, but they won't. So and this is about Peterman's stupidity. Correct. Is your bet? And I no his cons, his conserv he's got conservative nature. You don't get what you don't get fired but for buying IBM. Yeah. Okay. And you don't get fired when you get you ask your backup quarterback to hand the ball off in his first game. Guys, I would advise, I rarely advise this. I would advise you not to play Fez's derivative. <laughs> and if I'm right, okay, you can own <laughs> Next game. Ooh, all right, we got a total, and that sounds exciting, right? But the next game is a double like on a total, and then double likes and everything from here on. This is the action, baby. Ravens, Browns, and oh, the Browns. <laughs> Ravens favored by seven and a half. Fez, what was your best bet last week on, on with your premium client? I was going to say on the podcast here, I had a winner. <laughs> I had the Cleveland Browns plus three and a half got in front of the line. How move. many times have you complained about it in the last five, four days? 16. <laughs> it's been nonstop, Maddie. You have a, it's been nonstop. Fez, you've got the total. Let's get Maddie. You actually like in this game. I like the Cleveland Browns this week. And I should tell you guys. He was thinking of making this the best bet. And Fez said, don't do it. He was, you know, kind of like a guy went to a certain bar on the wrong side of town and got in a fight. Maybe he has a cut on his face now. It's like, don't go to that bar. Fez was like, don't bet the Browns here. Do not make it your best bet. Look, look, Cleveland's starting to really play a lot better on both sides of the football. When we look at this offense for the Browns, which has been inept most of the season, 5.8 yards per play last three games. And defensively at home this season, Cleveland Browns, just 4.5 yards per play allowed by opponents this season. They are playing unbelievable defense at home. Their defense is now up to tied for 10th in the, in the NFL with the Seattle and Pittsburgh. This is a team playing really good football. What's the problem? Deshaun Kaiser continues to make really poor decisions at the end of these games. We saw it again last week. Let's just hope that finally Deshaun Kaiser doesn't make that poor decision, but this time we're catching enough points to where, you know, that late loss may not bite you. Well, I did have the Browns plus eight against the Jags, so I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't relate. For those who believe that turnovers are random, Cleveland is minus 21 on the turnover different differential for the year. Baltimore is plus 13, a 34 turnover difference. I got to feel that some of that is causality and predictability. I don't think Cleveland's going to win this turnover battle. In fact, I would lay one. I don't think I'd ever be willing to lay one, but minus one Baltimore wins the turnovers. So meaning if they only win by one, it's a push. And if they win by give two, me plus one and a half minus one, the line is one. <laughs> you can now, get one. So real quick, cause we talk about turnovers all the time. We all agree that quarterback play. I'll take the one for 20. 40 done done. He's saying off it, baby. Ah, I like it. I like it. All right. So here's the thing. I think it's interesting to, or I think it's important to be specific. We all agree that on defense, it's mostly turnover or mostly luck with turnovers on offense. Fumbles are mostly luck, but a quarterback throwing interceptions or getting stripped 
even. I think some quarterbacks just hold the ball more. There's some real skill to it. So we don't think it's all luck. And obviously Cleveland, in some regards with Kaiser, is giving the ball up more. But he has made some improvement. When he's not turning the football over, there's certainly been some improvement. The first six weeks of the season, he was the worst starting quarterback I thought I ever saw. No, I well, statistically, he was the worst of the century yeah. with, with quarterback rating. All right, Fez, you like the total here. Yeah, I really like the over. I'm going to hit this hard. As soon as I get home here, over the 40, it's all about Baltimore's defensive stats being stellar. That's because of two reasons. One, they played against mostly under teams, low-scoring teams with good defenses. Two, they played against five-and-a-half backup quarterbacks over the course of the year, including Oakland. They get them without Carr. Green Bay, they get, they get Green Bay without... Uh, Rodgers and Hundley playing. Even when they played the Lions, they knocked out the quarterback for the Lions late in the game. Now that they played over teams recently, look what happened the last two games for Baltimore against Detroit, shootout. Against Pittsburgh, shootout. And I fully expect that that's going to continue against the Cleveland defense. Maddie can talk about how they're improving with their numbers. It's still a well below average defense. And also Cleveland. I don't agree with that. Their numbers say that. They're clearly a top 10 defense right now. And if you look at their home splits, they're one of the top five best defenses at home. The numbers say yards per play numbers say that the New England Patriots have a terrible defense. I don't believe all those numbers when I actually watch the games. A lot of times what's happening is Cleveland is behind at the end of games and the other team is running the ball. And that's certainly helping them. Fair statement. Uh, But Cleveland is Josh Gordon back. And with Josh Gordon, he, they are completely much more dynamic team. And the one thing Kaiser can do is throw the ball down the field. Gordon looks great. They got two number one wide receivers. So I think Cleveland can put up some points. Let's face it, 40 in the NFL, as long as it's not a blizzard in Buffalo, any 40, you're looking to go over anyways. And there's good reason to expect that we can see Baltimore getting to 26, 27 points and Cleveland getting yeah. to 14 to 17. And there's some good stats with Gordon where when he's on the field, I think now they're 17 and 18 against the spread in his career. And when he's not on the field during his career, you know, starting with his first game with the Browns, they were 17 and, and 37. So he does seem to contribute significant. Boy, significant he way. looked good last week. You thought return. so? I mean, really looked strong, physical, made a couple of great catches, had that great touchdown. He looked good. Well, listen, when we talk 49ers, Faz is going to talk about the, his uh, Jimmy G's jawline. So you're talking about <laughs> Gordon's body. No, hey, listen, we don't judge here. We just don't judge. <laughs> By the way, I, w- I was a little distracted. I got retweeted. I was on Adam Carolla every Wednesday. This Wednesday, it was with Bob Saget, who I'm a big fan. I'm actually a big fan of him after, you know, Full House. But he retweeted me. He has two and a half million followers. I think that's... The biggest retweet I've ever had at RJ in Vegas. If you want to be like Bob Saget and retweet. All right. Next game. So you agree with the total? He's over. I actually like the logic. No, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't don't. play it over. I don't mind the logic. You I just like think it. the defense is underrated. Uh, I think the- Cleveland's defense is playing some pretty good football at home. And um, look, I don't want the under either. If you put it, you know, gun to head, if I have to go under or over, I'd go over. But um I have no opinion there. This, I, I like Cleveland's defense. It's one of the reasons I want to take their point, the points this week. This will be one of my Fezzik Furious Five, which I'm going to put up tonight. I haven't put up yet on predict- Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday night. I have forecast of line moves. I think that this total is going to get hit hard tomorrow, Thursday. All right, guys. They disagreed on that total slightly. Fez has the over, and he likes that. But here we have a double like on a total. 
And from here on, very actionable, as we like to say, the stakes are going up. We got the Cardinals. We got the Redskins. On the side, the Redskins at home favored by four and a half. But, Maddie, you like on the total. Yeah, I think the under here just has to be the play. And one of the reasons is Washington. You know, we talk about Baltimore, and one of the things I like about Baltimore is while they started the season with the worst injury report in the entire NFL, it got better. And as this team got healthy, they started performing a lot better on both sides of the ball, especially the offensive end. For the Washington Redskins, it's been just the opposite. They started with at least a healthy team on offense, and it has just got worse and worse and worse. Um, and they are just decimated with injuries now. And I have a hard time seeing this team move the ball. I mean, look how bad they were against Dallas a couple of weeks ago. Came out last week again, couldn't do anything, lost another running back. I mean, they are just so decimated. On the other side of the ball, Arizona is one of the better defensive teams in the NFL, and they don't score, period. I mean, they got lucky to put up 12 last week. Marcus Mariota handed him six of the 12 points on interceptions at the end. So uh, I think the under on this, and we've already seen some really sharp play on this total, driving it down from 43 and a half to 42 and a half. So maybe below four to the below 43, some of the value has evaporated, but I certainly think the under is still the right side here. Under from Matty Holt. Fez, you agree? I agree. And how bad is Washington struggling on offense? Last week, they lost to the Chargers 13-30, to and there was a pick six, a long pick six in the game, and you're thinking, oh, well, that's why they lost by, instead of 13-23, to 13-30. to No, they got the pick six. It is to 6-30. Phillip Rivers and company are in the red zone. There's two minutes to play. The game is over, and they get a 90-yard pick six, or this game ends with them only getting six points. That's really what they should have scored. Anyone who watched that Arizona-Tennessee game can tell Arizona is offensively challenged, and boy, is that defense playing really, really good football. So I don't see how Washington's going to get past 17. Given that, I don't see how these teams are going to combine for 44 points. And guys, this is just a reoccurring theme. It doesn't matter if it's football. When we do the basketball pods, and we're going to be having a weekly half NBA or probably uh, imaginable part of the season, but some NBA, some college basketball. It's about finding finals that are faulty, as we call it during our Fox show, or miss uh, finals that give you the wrong impression because most people are affected by that final score to a disproportionate degree. But the professionals, they are more affected by the stats. Sometimes, I think, maybe to a fault. All right, double like on the under. On this game, you know, I think Arizona, you know, talking power ratings, if you actually look, one of the biggest differences in DVOA between the full season and the weighted average is how Arizona is playing much better now. Um, So Arizona lately weighted better uh, real quick, Arizona's playing much better defensively now. 4.3 yards per play allowed last month. Unbelievable, but the offense still can't get out of its own way. But, Fez, you've got Arizona 27. So, like, literally you're saying they'd be only like a one-and-a-half point favorite over the Colts. Yeah, and the reason I got them so low is I'm trusting Arizona's management and coaching staff to know what they're doing. Blaine Gabbert is their third-string quarterback why was he third string and not second string? Because he's playing like a decent second string quarterback right now. And if he continues to do so, I'll I'll admit I've got this team too low, but I'm assuming they knew what they were doing to make Stanton their backup quarterback. Sure saying small sample size, you don't believe what you've seen from Gabber. That's correct. He hasn't been good, but he hasn't been atrocious either. All right, next game, a double like. Then we got smart money, and then we got best bets, and then we got the last Saturday game. 
Maddie, by the way, in that Saturday game has a triple like. If you can, but yeah, triple like. Wow. All right. So Titans for oh, Jimmy G time. Faz, let me ask you a question. You rewatched the the 49er game, right? I did. Did you watch it live? Uh, no, I watched the NFL Rewind. Was there any sideline shots of Jimmy G that you thought if RJ was here and saw me blushing, I'd be embarrassed? Like, was, was there any kind of self-consciousness at any point? There were, but not enough. I would have <laughs> liked to have seen him more with his helmet off. What? Would you say that again? I want to see Jimmy G in that profile with his helmet off. I am comfortable with my masculinity that hey I can say that. Hey, now. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I love it. By the way, Fez does have a son and a wife. <laughs> but, you know, these days, all right, 49ers minus two against the Titans. Now, think about this. The Titans record, the Tennessee Titans, is eight and five. The 49ers record is three and 10 and you've got the 49ers or the Titans as the 17th best team Fez, and you've got the 49ers as the tied for the 17th best team. These are even teams. I got to tell you, I think the 49ers <laughs> might be better. I don't think I know if I made a big enough adjustment. Here's why I got San Francisco. They're not three and 10. That's wrong. They're two and zero oh under Jimmy G. The offense is tremendous energy. He put up 330. You said that he was ranked 16th in terms of all quarterbacks last week. I wonder yeah, last week. I, I wonder how 330 yards is going to do for all the math geeks that are tracking that. I think he'll be in the top 16 again. The defense is playing much more motivated, knowing they have a quarterback. So the last two weeks, they've given up seven points on defense and gave up 16 points on defense. So even the defense is motivated right now. If in terms of a season win number, I'm thinking about next year. If you put seven up, I'd say I'd go over on San Francisco to go over seven wins. I don't know if I'd go over with the Titans at seven. This team is a terrible eight and five team. They're really six and seven. They've had the easiest schedule in the NFL. Why has it been the easiest schedule? Because they got two wins against the Indianapolis Colts without Andrew Luck, and they got a win against the Houston Texans with Tom Savage at quarterback. It's all because of their cupcake schedule. That was a good presentation. That was quite good. And we're going to go to Maddie here. He also likes San Fran. But real quick, 49ers, actually, if you look at the advanced home field advantage numbers, one of the certainly three, if not a little bit more. And what you tend to see with these West Coast teams that travel so hard on them, they tend to be just over or underrated at home in general because they have the burden of so much travel. They just are at a disadvantage on the road so much. And if you actually look at the best home field advantages, uh, Bill Barnwell did something at the beginning of the year I sent you. You thought Fez was insightful. There's a lot of West Coast teams at the top of the list. Yeah, I tweaked all my home field ratings based upon that. Yes. Yeah, really good insight. And that's what the pros do is they aggregate you know, a guy like Barnwell, great sabermetrics guy. Use what you can find out there. Matty Holt, you like him too? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the offense since Jimmy G got there. And he has been absolutely amazing and kickstarting the enthusiasm around this team. But certainly demoralization sets in for two wins teams when we get to week 15. you got to love the fact that this team has found its future. It's found its rallying cry. 
And to Fez's point, the defensive numbers since he got there, since Jimmy G took over, 4.6 yards per play allowed on the defensive side of the ball as well. And that includes another road game last week. They weren't on at home in any of his starts. They were on the road against the Bears, on the road against the Texans last week, and their defense still allowing 4.6 yards per play. Offense getting much better under Jimmy G. I gotta love the momentum this team has right now going into their first home game with Jimmy G at the Reigns. Well, that's interesting. First home game. So the crowd should be into it. Huh. That's interesting. Now, what would this line be have been 10 years ago? Meaning everything was the same, but we're in 2007 and not 17. Maddie. Three and a half Tennessee. Two and a half Tennessee. I was thinking in that three range. So it's so much harder to win. I mean, the, the market just because you would think, I wonder what the public's going to do on this. I mean, early on, 78% of the money is on the Titans, but 55% of the tickets. So, but there's, a, there's only like 100 tickets in our sample. I mean, do you think the public just bets the heck out of Tennessee here before, uh, you know, no. come Sunday? I, I think. The unfortunate part for us is that Garoppolo had a name. He wasn't like this jump start that no one had ever heard of that started 2-0 and and everyone's rallying around. He came from New England with this reputation that might have been bigger than his actual performances. So there's starting to be a little of attention giving to San Francisco more than you would normally see around a 2-10 and team. Jimmy G, 4-0 and as a starter in the NFL. Correct. Last question. Maddie, do you agree with Faz that Jimmy G is the best looking quarterback since Joe Namath? I mean, I haven't done a real analysis <laughs> on it, uh, but he's pretty sharp. <laughs> Remember, and you saw Moneyball, right? Yeah. Remember, he goes, I don't like that. one of the old scouts, the old school scouts go, I don't like this kid. It's like, why? He goes, his girlfriend. It's like, what? She's ugly. It's like, well, what is that? He goes, lack of confidence. We want a confident player. <laughs> there might be something to that. All right. Smart money coming up, guys. We actually had a great uptick last week. And, you know, listen, the fact Matty Holt hadn't been there for weeks and weeks and we kept growing. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to say you were kind of you. you Anchor holding you back, (laughs) voting with your feet. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to keep it short because it's been a long one and I've got the flu. Here comes your next step up. NFL Dream 14. It rhymes. NFL Dream 14. All caps. NFL D R E A M 14. You go to pregame.com. You click buy picks and any pick you want. You can one more than one, put them in the shopping cart. Use that coupon NFL dream 14, all caps, 14 bucks off. Fez, that gets you about half price to get your very best stuff. And, you know, Hey, Fez isn't holding back here, but some of his likes, he's betting some of his likes. He's not, there's late information. I mean, if you, your best chance to win by far is the late releases and they can about get half price with NFL dream 14. And I've even been putting up an early bird price on my very best bet for the week that stays out there until Friday morning when the price goes up. Oh, that's excellent. And what's your uh, NFL on your best bets this season? 63%. It's pretty. Now listen, our goal is 55 guys, but Fez is having a heck of a year. Good stuff. All right. Smart money. Even Jets. with the Browns loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you didn't talk about those winners quite as much. Jets, Saints, oh, dog, 15 and a half at home for the Saints. Let's start with McCown's value. We debated this. 
I, I fell about six. Fez, you thought it was a smidge higher, I think. Yeah, I had it at seven. What do you think, Maddie? I think it's cl- a little closer to six. I agree. I think you're right. Is <laughs> So to me, let's think for a minute now, is MVP Carson Wentz, four points. Josh McCown, 38-year-old journeyman, six or more. It shows you backups do matter, no doubt about it. Fez, who do who do you well, let's start with the Sharps. The Sharps are heavy, heavy, heavy on the Jets here. You lean. I lean New Orleans. I don't understand why the Sharps would be high on the Jets because they'll get a better number if they would have waited. It doesn't sound very sharp to me. In fact, it sounds rather square. How do you how do you know? No one knows which way the lines are gonna go all the time. I mean, you're you're about seventy percent. I'm about seventy, but that's on your select game. So, are you seventy percent confident this line goes up? I was back when it was fourteen and a half. Remember, we talked about this when the line first came out, and you said, "Why is this line so low?" My opener. Where did you guys open, Manny? Uh, either fourteen and a half or fifteen. Yeah. All right, go ahead. And I said, it's too low. It's going to go up, even with the fourth quarter. But remember, you always talk about asymmetric risk, right? If this goes down. Like, what's the difference between 14 and a half and 15 and a Not half? Not that much. Fair right? enough. But if it went to 14, it would have been a catastrophe. Right. But I think you're going to get 17 on the Jets on game day. 17. And that's what, a what, catastrophe. What kind of, would you take that. even money on that? that? That one shop in Nevada will offer a plus 17. At, even, at minus 110, minus 110. Yeah, I would bet that. Maddie, you want to bet? That includes Coast. Uh, there will be for this reason. There are certain uh-huh. shops in town that have such high teaser handle and don't and take such large amounts of teasers, and they don't necessarily you know want to. They're a little more risk adverse than we are. That they'll go to sixteen and a half or maybe even seventeen, just so that that six point teaser doesn't go to ten. Well, you know, it's time. Line moves are not exactly what they seem. And we see that often with around um, nine because they don't want it to go through three with the six point teasers. Yep. All right. So, and that's why you see so few eight and a half stick now. There's a lot more nines than eight and a half. I would never put up an eight and a half. As a bookmaker, I would always make put it at nine and make the better pay extra for the teaser. Yeah. But it also, if, you, if there's certain betters, you're not afraid for them to bet teasers, even if. If one leg is an advantage, right? Yeah, you but can't always do, like to me. That's back to the old debate years ago with you guys when you were doing billions, like right out of the gate, Maddie. But then it was like you're only we're holding what like four percent at different times. I wish right? we were holding four percent where we were doing that that much handles we were back then. So the question, you know, would you rather hold double or or uh, get double the action and hold half as much or you know sixty percent as much? Yeah, the math is good. I mean, our original game plan was let's try to hold uh, 3.5% of $5 billion. That was the whole original game plan. In a way, Fez is thinking just like, quite frankly, the bookies I despise in town is it's never possibly give an edge. It's like even if somehow there was an edge there, let's say that someone could come in and play two advantage teasers against you with that 8.5, and they they have like a 2% edge on that. But doesn't that keep them betting with you? Keep them coming? What else are they betting when they walk in the door there? Right? 
but they're going to lay. If it's Fez, he's just betting gonna, that advantage <laughs> teaser. And he's, and, he, and he's got like a $10 bonus on a one blackjack yeah. hand, and he's getting a half-price buffet on the way out. Yeah. They're going to tease nine down to three anyways, and in the meantime, you got you make it eight and a half, RJ, and you got but, the guy comes in at two in the morning because you're open half the night, and he's playing 88 $488 teasers, and all of a sudden you, you get hit for $20,000. That's how you think, right? That's why you're bored. There's half guys the that do that. <laughs> That's why you got to go in with mustaches. And There's stuff. a reason CGT, <laughs> CGT has like a $300 limit and it flags for approval. Why do you think? Do you think they really are that worried about losing $300? No, they're worried about 20 consecutive third $300 bets all at once. Now, you swear to answer this question honestly. It's not, it's not a personal question. You swear. Or I might decline to answer. <laughs> when's, the, when's the last time you had like one of the stations, like you get uh, like a $25 free play on a blackjack hand? Oh, it's three weeks ago. I, <laughs> I get them weekly, but I'm just too busy to go to Green Valley every single time. Now, do you sit and watch the deck and slip in with a rich deck or do you just play it right off? Oh, the I walk through it on double deck and make sure I see some small cards. So I got the better of it. Sure. Takes now, 20 seconds. I've got to be honest with you. I would pay 10000 to see a stream of consciousness of his mind just for a week. Like he's looking over here and he's saying, like, I wonder if I get extra lettuce. Can I avoid getting fried? Like who? Like with his diet, he's he's figured it's just a constant like data on Star Trek, like a constant <laughs> calculation. Uh, well, I get, listen, you know how like if you have an accountant and it's like, oh, you know, this accountant, he's worried about, you know, getting it to go. So there's not sales tax or something. Well, that's what you want in an accountant, right? Well, with a professional batter, Faz, you're perfect. I mean, all the other struggles in your life, you're a perfect professional batter. There are many. I, I'll, I'll take being a perfect batter. <laughs> all right. I forget where we are because I got the flu. Uh, oh, Matty, you haven't, you actually like, you're with the Sharps and me here. You like the Jets. Yeah. I mean, the historically, look, taking underdogs that are more than two touchdowns historically is the best side in the NFL anyway. And this is a look ahead spot for the Saints who have to play the Falcons again in a critical game in the division next week. So, um, you know, again, you're already talking about the, the look ahead spot that are they going to try to pour it on late? They already have an injured running back. Are they going to risk guys getting hurt if they're up 17? Are they going to pull them? There's too many factors there for me with the, with the Falcons on deck. I, I, I think you have to take the points. I'm not eager to do it, which is why it's only a lean, but I think it's got to be jets or pass. You had it as a like, you want to move to a lane? Uh, so I mean, it sounds like, like it was it. in between. Yeah, it was for me. <laughs> so we'll call it half a like. Yeah. All right. Um, last question on this game. Jets were favored in Denver, right? We all thought may, or as you and I thought that was a big reaction, but Denver played great. Jets played horribly. I mean, do we reevaluate the Jets? Cause the Jets have been playing hard up to this point. Do you worry about the Jets playing hard here? Oh, big, big time. The fact that they only got 100 yards in that entire game. And remember, McCown played most of that game. Bryce Petty is horrendous. I mean, he isn't even, he doesn't belong in the NFL. He shouldn't be a yeah. third string quarterback. And what I really like about this game, he might do terrible. RJ, you've got some numbers about the New Orleans Saints at home as chalk when they're having winning years. I mean, you don't want to step in front of that freight train because they just murder people. But Hackenberg is the third string quarterback, and he's worse than Petty. So it's possible that they might bench Petty, who does terrible against the Saints defense, and put in a guy that that is just the worst quarterback I've ever seen in the NFL. But Matty does bring up a good point. This Kamara, this, it's a, it's a um, two running back tandem with Ingram and Kamara. And Kamara is really good. He 
is responsible for over 100 yards of offense passing and receiving. If I don't get Kamara, it's probably not a good investment. It's time. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Okay. Off the bench. Patriots, Steelers, my best bet, Pittsburgh. Now, listen, I like Pittsburgh last week. Um, Obviously not correct in that game, but I like him again here. So let's do the simple math, guys. If this game were in New England, New England would be minus nine. I mean, can anyone defend that? No. How isn't Pittsburgh the clear value here? I mean, the only deterring factor here, I think, has to be the Pittsburgh Steelers defense which if you look at yards per play allowed the last month is 31st in the NFL, the last month, last four games allowing 6.2 yards. So wait, per you were play. talking last three games, a bunch last three at 6.1 yards per play Pittsburgh. Hmm. That's the only thing is that we preached them all the beginning of the year about, wow, the big surprise with Pittsburgh is their defense. Their offense hasn't kicked in. Their offense is playing fine now. And all of a sudden that defense can't get a stop. Where do you right now? Where do you have the Steelers in your power ratings, Matty? Number two. So whatever, like (laughs) all you kind of bundle it up. And I agree. Uh, Shazier out. I mean, I don't know if that's even a half a point, but. A lot of people, you know, especially after that Ravens game, they're like, oh, his absence was the point. Well, I don't know, right? So, though I was surprised by those, you know, how many points they gave up. Remember, they were tired, tired. I mean, that Cincy game took it out. I didn't think it was as bad as it seemed. Now, that game against the Ravens took it out of them. But here's the flip side. New England's playing their fifth road game in six weeks. Because if you just glance at the schedule, you're going to miss. They played in Mexico City, but it was a home game for them. So it looks like a home game. Five out of six, Fez, that happens what? Three or four times a decade? Yeah, it never happens the last game after a Monday night game on top of it and a travel to uh, Miami. That's a just a, as bad a spot as you'll ever see. And I'm with you because of that. I would lean to Pittsburgh, but I wouldn't poop with this Shazir issue. You know, Collins is a very pedestrian running back for Baltimore. And you saw it. He absolutely gouged the Steelers last week. And isn't there some long history of negative trends against Pittsburgh coming off the Baltimore games? No, actually, it's been the opposite. If Pittsburgh loses the Baltimore game, they tend to really bounce back. But, you know, in this case, they didn't lose the Baltimore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's not an advantage. But remember, if you're home, though, for last week and this week versus and you make a good point, New England all the way down, you know, playing their fourth out of five last week on the road all the way down to Miami and now back and now a couple of days and on a short week and then back to Pittsburgh. It's unconfirmed, but there's a rumor. You can relate to this, RJ, gutting this out with the flu that Brady was sick for that Miami game, and that's not going to help matters. Yeah, because everyone's thinking, oh, Belichick off a loss. I agree. But they were going to be max motivated for this game anyway. So I don't think them losing that game, it's obviously not affecting the line. So I don't think there's any, like, oh, re- bounce back type situation. I think they're the max- Gronk coming back from suspension is always an overreaction from the fans. Anytime Gronk's hurting comes back, or in this case, suspended and comes back, just the Gronk coming back factor always triggers action. And people always bet on the Patriots off of a loss, but you nailed it. 
normally they're more motivated off of a loss. They were going to be motivated to an 11 in this game anyways. All right, last thing. I always like the oh, the 30-year databases tell me how unusual is this. So here's what I figured. Second half of the season, a team with a better than an 800 win percentage. So that means you've got enough wins that it matters, right? You're 9 and 0, 9 and 1, whatever, right? Pittsburgh meets that criteria. To be a home dog of 3 points or more, this is the fourth time in 30 years. All right, so once again, better than an 800 win percentage in the second half of the year and not week 17 because week 17 has a lot of starters sitting and all that. So it's a little convoluted, but think it's a competitive, both teams are trying and you've got a better than 800 win percentage and it's the fourth time in three in 30 years. So the question is, is Pittsburgh a historically bad 80% or better than 80% team? No way. They might be slightly below average of a team with their record, with their record, but not close to historically bad. And is the Patriots a historically good team? Not even close. So history tells us this line's out of whack. I'm having a fade back to John Elway and company winning in Pittsburgh 30 years ago. <laughs> now, as a three-point favorite in covering. <laughs> now, last thing about this game, Brady against Mike Tomlin. 22 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So to me, though, Faz, and you always talk about this, when a team, now the question is, why didn't they do this last game? But remember now, Butler has only been the D.C. for a little while, right? And before it was not Butler, is, uh, and it was a very different uh, defense, is my thought is at least Butler's not going to try the same old stuff. So hopeful, but that's that. I think, I think the Pats going into Pittsburgh with so much success is one of the drivers of this line being out of whack. I think. Yeah. You know what I really like about your bet here is the fact that you're getting three points because let's face it. You saw the end of the Baltimore game. Tomlin with the clock management <laughs> with when he throws the ball twice, he has just to hand the ball off twice, kick the game winning field goal. And he puts the game at risk. Well, he can do that. He can lose by one or two points. You still cover. Yeah, you know, a 47-yard field goal is not a gimme in Pittsburgh, but to me, it's like, at least then, don't why throw downfield like they did? You know, that why not have a dump? Why not do something? Shovel pass. A, yeah, something a little more risky I'm fine with, but don't, like, go for the touchdown, though I, I, I wish I would have scored a touchdown. All right, real quick, guys, go around the horn here. Lean or like for you, Matt. Lean Pittsburgh have to. I feel like this game should have been a pick. Our look-ahead number was New England one, and now all of a sudden it's New England three. Uh, I certainly think the value lies in the Steelers. Lee in Pittsburgh, I'll be tweeting about how Tomlin's doing everything wrong during the game. <laughs> at Fezzik Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K, at Fezzik Sports. How come oh, Fez gets shout-outs for his Twitter and I have to pay celebrity endorsers to do mine? You know, we'll be, we'll, <laughs> we should talk about that now, I guess. So this is hilarious. So like we said, Maddie VP, had business. He tried his best to be here, missed some weeks. I had probably over double double digits of people say Maddie's embarrassed. He can't get a celebrity <laughs> to endorse his Twitter. That's why he's staying away from the pod. Well, you don't have a celebrity yet, do you? I know. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get one. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about here. Well, it's Matthew Holt VP on Twitter, but his best bets coming up in a minute. First though, we got Fez's best bet. You know, when Fez has a best bet, He's taking off the road. What are you bank. doing? Why this guy don't carry his money in a wallet? Hey, why this guy carries money in a roll? Jaguars favored by 10 and a half against the Texans. I'm on Houston. 
plus the 10 and a half. And it's all about Tom Savage, or rather the absence of Tom Savage, who thankfully for the Texans got hurt. In comes the better option, TJ Yates. I upgraded Houston two points, and you know what? I don't think it's enough. When I look at the actual data, Yates has playoff experience. He led the Texans to the playoffs in 2015. He had a quarterback rating of 69 that year. Why is that significant? Because Tom Savage's best game all year long was a quarterback rating of 68. His year-long rating is 34. Just in the San Francisco game last week, quarterback rating for Savage, 18 and a half. TJ Yates, 90 when he came in. It's clearly a huge quarterback upgrade. And I think the team gets a big bounce. It's kind of like the Peterman impact for Buffalo. Remember when Peterman played, the whole team not very motivated. I think that they know. They see the practice. I think they know they have a better chance to win with TJ Yates. And I get the bounce from Houston here playing much harder. Hey, and I'm catching 10 and a half. Absolutely. All right. Best bet, Faz Houston. And you like Houston too, Manny. Yeah, I, de- I certainly think that's the right side in here. I mean, the Jacksonville offense has certainly improved quite a bit, especially because of the running game, and it's taken a lot of the pressure off Blake Bortles. But this still doesn't feel like an offense to me that I wanted to lay double digits with. And you can make a case that despite all the quarterback issues that Houston has had, Savage in, he's out. Deshaun Watson in, oh, everything's great. He's out. Savage back in, not playing great. That DeAndre Hopkins has still been the best wide receiver in the NFL this year. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I do a show on um, SB Nation Radio the whole hour with a Houston fellow named Fred Fowler, and it's a national show on SB Nation. And he says that Yates is half the people he respects thinks even with Savage and half thinks Yates is better. So it's not like Fez is way out on a limb thinking Yates is better here. And if anything, the change is probably a good thing. So I would certainly at minimum lean that way, if not like it. Speaking, we're going to the Saturday games. We've got a triple like and then Maddie's best bet, a triple like. And that's literally me and Fez and Maddie. I was just looking through my notes. So is that NFL Dream 14? That's the biggest coupon we've given all year, either college or pro. So we got a record there, $14 off NFL Dream 14. It's a record. Next to the last game, Chargers, Chiefs, and the Chargers are favored by one and a half on the road. And Fez, you've got the Chargers right now, only, what, eight teams ahead of them in the NFL, the seven and six Chargers. You've got tied for ninth, and you like? Like the Kansas City Chiefs here. The Chargers have really been the beneficiary of a favorable schedule. It's not going to show up so much on strength of schedule, but it's who you got when you play the Chargers. We They got Dallas when Dallas was the most decimated with their injuries, and that's happened consistently throughout the year. I'm going to use one Washington team, last week. Washington last week. I'm going to use one game that common opponent to illustrate this. When the Chargers play the Buffalo Bills, they get Peterman, who throws five interceptions in the first half. Oh, here's the game. Take it. What happens to Kansas City? They get to play Buffalo the week after when Peterman gets benched, and then they have to go up against Taylor, and the team is ultra-motivated, and suddenly they're playing a playoff caliber that week Buffalo Bills team that was arguably the worst team in the league when the Chargers got to play them. That's why there's value here. Both teams are 7-6, and and the Chargers has been just a little bit too easy. Blowout win after blowout win after blowout win. What do we know about this team? 
They struggle to win close games. Well, they haven't had to struggle because they haven't had any close games. This game's going to be close in Arrowhead. We got a California team going to 40 degrees. Kansas City finds a way to get it done. Yeah, I don't mind looking at the money line here too, right? I mean, obviously you're not getting that much at one and a half, but like you said, Chargers have a history with this coach and last year of losing close games. Such a great point about it's not just strength of schedule. It's like, what was the team like when they played? Great point, Fez. Maddie, you like them too? Yeah, and I feel like I could give 50 reasons why I like the Chiefs here, but there's really three for me that stand out more than anything else, and I'll just breeze through them real quick because Fez Fez hit on a bunch of them already. Um, You know, despite Kansas City's struggles there, they had the last six weeks and all those losses, the offense hasn't been the problem. In fact, last three weeks, still averaging 6.4 yards per play. Last six weeks, 6.2 yards per play. The offense has been getting it done. It's the defense that's let them down. Arrowhead Stadium at night for a division game is going to be rocking. You could make a case. Arrowhead at night in December against division opponent is a four-point home field advantage, although it's not being treated like it in this scenario. And then the third thing to me that really stood out in this line movement flip was at the beginning of the week, I saw several books, Sharp and and, and places all around the world, both Las Vegas and international, that that offered odds to win the AFC West. Kansas City plus 120, Chargers plus 150, then why, how can the Chargers be the favorite in this game? Because they both have soft schedules the rest of the way. The winner of this game is an overwhelming favorite to, to win this division. Why do Sharp Books have Kansas City only plus 120 and Chargers plus 150 to win the division? I like the Chiefs. I like, like the Chiefs also, but I disagree with one thing you said, but I think it makes this even a better pick. If you look at the blended stats on offense, you're right over that period. I'm sure your numbers are right. But remember, when the new, the OC started calling the plays, it was that Jets game. KC averaged over 10 yards per play in that game, which is going to skew that four or five game. So if you actually look at the yards per play since Andy Reid quit calling the plays, it's even better. So I think the Chiefs were much better early. They were really bad on offense for four or five games. And now for two, they've been much better. So... I think it's almost been like three seasons right now. Two's not enough for me to be super confident, but man, oh man, when you're in a slump three or four games on offense and then you change who's calling the plays and you have two great games. Now you got two data points. I don't know if great last week, but Fez, you agree with this? Oh, very much so. All right. So, but it makes the same point, right? This offense looks good. And I think the defense is playing better, especially if you look at points per game, it's gotten better the last four or five because KC had one of the worst defenses they were like 26 the whole season. Do you have like last three, Maddie? Last three games, opponents' yards per play allowed, Kansas City 4.9, like 5.1, 5.2 is average. And I could argue the Jets' loss. I don't think I've ever seen this before. This off the top of the head. Might be wrong by one. The Jets were something like 13 for 19 on third down conversions. Most teams, you know, can't get to 50% on third down conversions. I've never seen... 13 third down conversions in any NFL game. So to me, more I think about this, if I had to do do over, I might make KC my best bet. I really like this game. Yeah, it should have been mine too. It it, should have been all of ours, but we all liked it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last game is Maddie's best bet. It's the Bears and the Lions, his his Lions. Right now, Lions at home by five and a half. Try to keep this one short and sweet. The Chicago Bears defense, which has been better than average anyway, has actually been really good on the road, better on the road than at home. 
Coincidentally, the Detroit Lions defense has been worse at home than on the road this season. You know, we talk about teams that started the year banged up and got healthy. We talked about teams like Washington that started the year healthy and really decimated with injuries. That's been Detroit. Uh, Amir Abdullah missing again last week. They have no semblance of a running game with Amir Abdullah out. That's been a really bad spot for them. And I like catching five and a half points in a game here uh, with, with two division opponents that they actually both don't run a lot of plays. So the points suddenly become more of a premium. In fact, Detroit is 23rd and Chicago is 31st in the NFL in plays run per game. Less plays means less scoring, means the underdog points become a premium. I'm going to go ahead and take that five and a half, which I hope will be six by kickoff with the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, best bet. What do you think, Faz? I waffled on this game. I was on the other side, but I lean to the Bears now. I was concerned about the basic strategy. When a team goes on the road and gets an upset win, the Bears just got that at Cincinnati. Oftentimes, it's the wrong thing to do to back them on the road again because they come up flat. But it is a divisional rival, and I expect that they're going to bring it. Plus, they didn't have to use that much energy to beat the Bengals because it was a blowout win. Further, if I look at the strength of schedule numbers, the Bears have played the much more difficult schedule, and they have the better stats year to date. And the eye test, when I watched the Bengals, I saw, we talk about that the Lions don't have any running backs. Abdullah might play. He's not going to be 100%. It won't matter. The Bears have two good running backs, and they contrast so well. Howard looks like a beast, and their little 5'6 kid, Cohen, multifaceted. He's like a, a Sproles type of back. He looks like... It's September at super light on his feet, super fast. This team is not wearing down with the running backs. All right, guys, no Thursday pod. RJ out with the flu. I can't believe an hour 40. I would have bet my biggest bet of the year. I wasn't going an hour 40 today, but the boys were so good. And I, I did get high off that crossfire domination. Follow me on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. College football. We did the first dozen bowl games. Check out Dream Preview. Talk to you there. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. Now, if you're hearing my voice, it means you like podcasting. And if you like podcasting, well, then you're going to love my show. Lots of funny segments, good bits, great guests, and of course, moi. That's Mexican for me. So check it out at Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you, you listen to find podcasts. The Adam Carolla Show. Throw it on your phone. It's free.